Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for loving us so well. <laughs> you love us well, Papa. We're your kids. We, are, we, are, um, we belong. You're the one that makes us secure. And God, um, thank you that um, you, the, the way you love each person in this room, you have that same love for each person on the earth. No matter where they are, no matter what they're into, no matter you know, which country, it doesn't matter. You love, you love, you love each of your children. So thank you, God, for this, this revival of, uh, of love, uh, of extreme love, of your love, Father, that's sweeping the earth of extreme grace that is that is calling your kids back home and back into your heart. Even tonight, God, there's some people here who are just, there's something about you're, you're starting to woo them back in. You're calling them back in. Come back. Let's go, let's go deep together. Let's, let's have fun in this life. Let's make a difference by loving people well. So thank you, God. Holy Spirit, touch our hearts tonight deeply in Jesus' name. Amen. So I really felt strongly tonight we needed to spend a good portion of it hearing from some people last week that went to Azusa now. Um, I do have a short message. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of zip through it, but I think it's really important, and it will just kind of set the stage. And then I've asked, I've asked several. I'm just curious um, of you here. How many of you were there last Saturday? Raise your hand. Wow, so that's a bunch of you. Yeah. So... Um, I've asked a handful of people already just to be prepared. If you didn't call, it isn't because I don't, I mean, I didn't call you. It isn't because I don't love you. I just, I just thought I couldn't get everybody at once. So we may hear from others in the future or maybe even there's time tonight. I don't know how it's all going to play out. But, but here's the thing I do know. I didn't, I know that that wasn't a one-time event. Um, in fact, revival is not an event. It's not even a prolonged event. It's, it's a kingdom way of life. That's primarily about loving each other, loving extravagantly, loving well, in such a way that we start to change environments around us. Just, just like uh, Kid President right there, that's his name on the internet, by the way. Just like Kid President was just saying, it's true. It's, it's people learning how to love big, right? And, uh, so the other, I, I have two things I want to share from you. First is with, is, uh, I told you I was reading just a couple paragraphs from Jennifer's book, who's going to be with us in a few weeks. And um, she wrote this book called Ignite Azusa, and part of it was to prepare people for Azusa now. Um, take this off for a second. And uh first half of the book is all about past revivals, a lot of it about Azusa, but she mentions other revivalists as well. But then she she builds on that. She says, okay, but what are we alive for today? We're not alive to try to go back and do what they did. We actually get to build on what they did. And so many of those, I don't know about you, but when I look back at revivals, I think sometimes I look back at them and what people did and I think, gosh, am I holy? Am I spiritual enough? Am I holy enough? Am I doing enough? Because some of them just seem like, you know, crying out day and night and all the rest. And, and some of you may do that. But here's what I, I, the Lord was showing me is that that was, that was absolutely needed because they were breaking through. It's like they were breaking into a rock, you know, trying to find some water. And, and that water is gushing because of that, because of what they did. And we're, we're in that. We're in that gushing water. We're in that stream. And so often, like tonight, again, how many times do we come here? I was, I was just plastered to the floor, like in the glory. And, and, um, we're enjoying what other people have paid for. We're enjoying the hard, the hard labor of others. 
And and I'm not saying I'm not trying to make us feel guilty for that. We are responsible for it though. Is what are we going to do with this, you know? And what are we passing on to the next generations? Because they're going to have it better than we did. And that's exactly what Jennifer's saying is there's this huge harvest that's coming in. Huge harvest is coming in. There's a huge harvest coming in. It's not just a nice fun thing to say. It's actually happening. And it's, it's going to, it's going to escalate and escalate, increase and increase. So here's the question and here's her question is, what are we bringing these, these people into? What, if they're kids or God's kids, what family are we bringing these kids into? And that's what God's been getting us ready for. Cause they're coming. Did I mention there's a huge harvest coming? Alright. So I'm gonna read two paragraphs to you. Today, We've been given an incredible opportunity to create a new normal for what this next generation and beyond can be. Imagine what future generations will look like if those from this incoming billion soul harvest get born into a family of burning Jesus lovers who are marked by intimacy, signs, wonders, love, and family. Whatever culture we welcome the flood of new believers into will become their normal. That's why one of the questions we need to ask is, what kind of culture do we want these new believers to be born into? And this is something really the Lord put on our hearts several years ago as an elder team. And we chose, we said, God, we do want intimacy. And it was, it's not always the easy choice. You know what I mean? To go deep, to be real and transparent. It's actually just easier to kind of, kind of slide along and, and, uh, fake it sometimes. But we're realizing the depth of relationship is where the, where the, um, you know, we're, we're, is what we want to value. It's where the treasures are. And here's the second paragraph I wanted to read to you. She, she explains about being part of family and why, why we've been encouraging to get in small groups and things like that. She says, in the wild, no matter how strong a zebra is, if it is away from the pack when the lions come, it gets picked off and it's killed. It's not the weakest that fall. It's the ones who stray from their tribe. We need each other to fulfill our truest destiny. I'm only halfway through the paragraph, but I just want to stop. We need each other to fulfill our truest destiny. Would you say that with me? We need each other to fulfill our truest destiny. That is a true statement. And the the, the further I go on in life, the older I get, the more I know how true that is. And God's not going to let us do it alone. He just That's just not part of his plan. And he says this, we can't do it alone. There are keys, sorry, she says this, there are keys to our destiny that are hidden within the lives and hearts of those whom God has positioned us to run with in each season. See, we don't like that because that makes us vulnerable if we need people. But unfortunately, not, no, not unfortunately. Fortunately, that's the way God designed it because we are one in Christ and he wants us to live that way. He says the way to access these keys in each other is to do, is to intentionally do life together, be vulnerable, love each other well, and go after the things of God together. The next thing I want to do is read to you. I want, I want to let the scriptures do most of the preaching right now. I want to read to you several passages from the book of Philippians. A couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, Suzanne and I went to Atlanta. We were at a Leif Hetland conference, but we also spoke um, several places, several churches. It was a wonderful time. And while on the plane over there, uh, plane ride over there, I read uh, from the Passion Translation 
um, the, the book of Philippians. I just read the whole thing straight through and it gripped me. It was gripping me how much, how, how urgent, fervent Paul was that we love each other well, that we get along, that we put aside whatever it is that the enemy's trying to put in between us, whether that's, you know, offense or, you know, the, the right to be right, all those kinds of things, the pride that gets in the way. He's like, please put this aside. And, and we're in those days. You know, Doug Addison came and said, hey, this new wave, it's going to be marked by us not judging, right? I want to tell you something. In some ways, it's easier not to judge everybody else out there, even some of the extreme ones. We're like, okay, God, you've given me. I can get it. I get it. We can not judge them, and then they can come in and experience your love. But sometimes the hardest places are right here because we're living together. You know, we're next to each other. We're close to each other, and we can rub each other the wrong way sometimes. And And so... I'm hoping these words will hit home for our hearts. Like this isn't just about our relationships with everybody out there. It's that too. But Paul, let me read these to you now. This is, um, I'm going to start in Philippians 1, 8 and 9. Oops, off the page. Oh, well. It says, only God knows how much I dearly love you with the tender affection of Jesus, the anointed one. This is, I just want to remind you of something. This is Saul who became Paul. This is Saul who murdered Christians like viciously. That way he took joy in it. And now look what Jesus did to him. Only God knows how much I dearly love you with the tender affection of Jesus, the anointed one. If, if there could be tears on that page, they would be right there. He's weeping over them. He loves them so much. I continue to pray for your love to grow and increase more and more until it overflows bringing you into the rich revelation of spiritual insight into all things. What? Did you just get that? He wants our love to grow because and, and increase. And, and out of that, we're going to have the rich revelation of the spiritual insight into all things. How, how big of a deal is love to God? Oh, it's everything. Can we just say it's everything? Jesus came to love us into the kingdom. And with this, here comes more. This is more of what you get as we, as we, as God helps us to our love to grow and increase. With this revelation, you will come to know God fully as He imparts to you the deepest understanding of His ways. How many of you are saying, God, I want to know you more. I want to know you more. We pray that all the time. He's like, yep, learn to love. Ask me to cause your love to grow and increase. And you're going to start to know my heart like you've never known it before. And there's more. That's This is uh, verses 8 and 9. Check this out. This will enable you, so the whole thing, receiving His love, growing in His love, this will enable you to choose the most excellent way of all, becoming pure and without offense until the unveiling of Christ. And you will be filled completely with the fruits of righteousness that are found in Jesus, the Anointed One, bringing great praise and glory to God. How can I... Be filled with the fruits of righteousness. Ask God to let your love increase and grow. Because this is all the outpouring of that. This is what happens in your life when you're filled with more and more of His love. It's just, it just happens. I'm going, I went back on purpose. I'm not sure if you can do this. See, I do this all the time in Scripture. But if you can change pronouns and make this a, a declaration. So I want you to, because I want you to pray for yourself, actually. That's what I'm asking. I, 
I continue to pray for my love to grow and increase more and more until it overflows, bringing me into the rich revelation of spiritual insight into all things. And with this revelation, I will come to know God fully as He imparts to me the deepest understanding of His ways. This will enable me to choose the most excellent way of all, becoming pure and without offense until the unveiling of Christ. And I will be filled completely with the fruits of righteousness that are found in Jesus the Anointed One, bringing great praise and glory to God. Amen. By the way, that's how you pray the Scriptures. In case you're ever wondering, that's how you do it. You start claiming it as a done deal. Because it already is in Christ, but you're speaking to your own spirit. This is the way it is. Here he is later in that same chapter. I want you to stand united in one spirit and one passion, celebrating together as conquerors in the faith of the gospel. Now check this out. When we do that, here's the result. And then you will never be shaken or intimidated by the opposition that should say rises, that rises up against us for your courage will only prove their downfall and that you have found a new life. When we are choosing the togetherness, the oneness, the love for each other, that's the thing that causes us not to be shaken. I'm telling you, there's so much power in love we don't even know. Here he is in Philippians 2. This is, okay, check this out. In the midst of coming into the political high season of a president being elected soon, I'm just saying that's one of the ways we could use this scripture. Be free from controversial or pride-filled opinions for they will only harm your cherished unity. See, Paul's saying your unity is the biggest thing of all. He's saying don't, 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 you know, train wreck that for anything. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first. And view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to your friends instead of your own interests. Consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. And this is where Paul then goes on to recite how he you know, didn't count equality with God as something to be grasped. I just want to stop for a minute because these are all great words, but, but if they're just feeding our minds, there's just, it's just here and gone by the time we leave tonight. I'm saying, Holy Spirit, help us. Because, because each one of us, myself included, Lord, there are times when we, there are times when we want, let's just face it, when we want to hold on to a fence, we want to be right, we want, we want to say what we want to say, there's times where we, we're uh, insensitive and don't know who we're hurting. And I'm saying, God, we need your love. We need a deep, deep love from you. Because God, this, this revival is marked by love. And, and we're not going to love better by, by just deciding only that we want to love better. We're going to love better because you have made it your decision. And we're agreeing with you to pour in your love into our hearts to help us to love ourselves so that we can love each other deeply, deeply, deeply. And God, I'm asking for that. Jesus, you prayed in John 17. You said the world's going to know when we have this extravagant love for each other. And I'm saying, Jesus, would you, would you do that here? Would you give us extravagant love for each other? 
That, that's so much more than just trying to be nice to each other. That it, it, that's a supernatural thing. And we're saying, I'm even asking God, I don't know if you have love angels, but, but go ahead, just like pour out supernatural love straight from your heart into ours. God, where we wouldn't be able, we, we just, we would all be grieved if we try to hold on to something that's going to divide us, where that would just grieve our hearts. And we would say, you know what? It just doesn't matter. It's more important that we love each other. God, take us there. Because honestly, I, I know it's your heart, and I know that the harvest is, is depending on it. The, this harvest of souls coming in, they need to see what real love looks like. So God, you, right here, Make this, make this that, that kind of a family, that kind of a place. We're, we're known for extravagant, caring, genuine love for one another. And I want to end one last one is in Philippians 4. This, is, this kind of blows me away. You have to understand, these are letters Paul wrote that are going all over the churches in this city, right? Check out what he does. He says, I plead. He's naming names. And by the way, these are, these are really hard names. So I plead with Yudi and Cindy, because <laughs> it's two women, to settle their disagreement and be restored with one mind in our Lord. I would like my dear friend Sally to help resolve this issue. For both women have diligently labored with me. Here's where he's saying, could you see this in context, please? You, and, and again, I know he's crying, like with love, he is crying. He's saying, you guys, you, we preach the gospel together. The good news is set people free. They labored with me for the prize. They helped in spreading the revelation of the gospel. Their names are written in the book of life. Come on. He's like, love each other. Somebody do something. See, he's away. He's a father in the faith to them, but he's away. This, this kind of hit me because I think sometimes there are times when I'm, I realize people have differences and I'm like, well, they'll work it out when they're ready to, you know, I'll, I'll be there if you want help. Paul, Paul went way beyond that. As a father, he says, no, work it out. You have got to work that you've got to love each other. So I don't know what God might be putting on your heart. I know at the call that, you know, Lou had him pull out phones and by the way god gave me this whole download two weeks ago you know before the the before the azusa now i'm not saying anyway all i'm saying is same message he's saying it's time to love well we've got to love well and that actually requires action it requires that we make choices and if there's someone we have something uh wrong with we've got to get it right we have to be the ones to go to them and make it right but i'm telling you get the love in your heart first before you go make it right otherwise you make a bigger mess See what I'm saying? Get his, get his heart first. Forgive him before you go to them. That way when you go to them, they're, they're, they're feeling your heart that really does want to make things right rather than that offense that makes it worse sometimes. So, um, so yeah, Holy Spirit, would you just, would you, um, show us if there's, if there is, uh, anyone that we need to make things right with, things that are still, we're still harboring in our hearts. Those things that actually start to poison us and that other person. We're saying, Holy Spirit, help us. Help us, help us. Help us to make things right. Give us the courage to step out and to choose to love with your love. In Jesus' name. Now that's what I had on my heart tonight. And I, 
I, I just think it's the perfect leading because I saw the, the most of Azusa now last week. I know the first half of the morning was a lot of it was about this, was about making things right, about, about getting our love on with each other again, you know, putting our love on well. And so, um, once again, there's several people that I, that I, uh, asked about to just give, um, to you who are out there, um, you know, I had mentioned, uh, uh, we have about 45 minutes, which isn't a lot of time. It'll go quick is what I'm trying to say. So I gave you a timeline if you could kind of stick to that because um, I would like to just hear from several people. And uh, what I've asked them is to share to share the kind of one main thing that really impacted them. I mean, they may try to throw in a few others because we always do. But but I've asked them mainly to share one thing, but but also um, and then to try to re- not to try to, to ask the Lord to release that to us. Because the point is, is, is we're not done. That was not a one-time event. That was God's invitation to live a different way. And, and I've heard from many of you who were like sobbing there and, you know, major transformation. So I want to hear from you. I have no particular order in mind. So if you're there and I asked you and you have a, you want to go first, then hop up here. Otherwise I'll call on you. Anyone feeling it? Wow. All right. Come on, Daniel. Awesome. Hey, guys. I sound a little different because I got the flu right after Azusa now, so just bear with me. But it was really awesome. I'm glad that I went. Um, Like, there was something just so powerful for me of just kind of like fighting through like the sickness I was feeling that day. I'm feeling a lot better now. Like I just kind of still have that nasally talk, but, um, it was really awesome. I'm really glad I went. Like I've been to a few calls in the past. And so I was kind of like, you know, I've kind of been to the call before, like, you know, but this one was so different because like Bethel and their kind of whole like stream got behind it. And there was this heart over it of just like depth of worship and like intimacy and like the father's love that I haven't experienced at the call. And the call's awesome. Like Lou is awesome. Like praying for justice issues of like the ending of human trafficking and abortion and all these things. Like I'm all for that. And that's awesome. And so I wasn't really sure what to expect, but this one was like, it was so different. Like there was just, we just worshiped for like a long time, just like different periods. And it was really powerful just being out there in like, and it rained and everything. Like everybody looked at the forecast and was like, it's going to rain a little bit. And it did. But, like, nobody left, like, every, and they wouldn't let umbrellas in, so everybody was just, like, wearing their coats and their ponchos, and it was, like, the hunger that was there was crazy, because, like, kind of unlike any, like, because I've been to, like, a ton of Christian meetings and services and conferences and stuff, but, like, there was something special on this where, like, nobody left. Like, we'd be worshiping, and it would start raining, everybody just, like, put the hood on, and then just, like, not miss a beat, like, that was how it went. And then the sun would come out, and we'd, like, put our hoods off, and just, like, and it would just kind of go like that, and... Just the amount of hunger that was there was crazy. And what I really thought was super powerful was like so many people like broke down barriers and got behind this. Like people who aren't like, like you had the eye hoppers and you had like Bethel and then you had like the grace people and you had like the charismatics and the conservatives and like the Native American tribes and you had like African American churches and the Korean church and Jewish people and everybody just coming together. And there wasn't any weird like, oh, you know, like, I don't know if I certain believe this or whatever. Like one pastor even got up and was like, um, you know, I wasn't even sure if I was going to endorse this to my church because I wasn't sure like what was going to happen and stuff. But he was like, I knew I had to get behind this. And so 
the unity that was there. It was like 70,000 people there just all day long, just giving glory to God. And it was super powerful. Um, one particular encounter for me, um, was kind of towards the night, like all the worship was awesome. But like when Bethel took over, like, I don't know, there was something just, at least for me, like a special grace over it. Um, and one thing in particular I remember was Amanda Cook was leading her song, Mercy. And it's a great song, right? But, um, you know, cause we're, we're there praying for America, right? And, and for God to send revival. And, um, and I think it's interesting because sometimes, you know, a lot of us have gone to missions trips overseas or we've heard of different moves of God, like in Argentina and different places where all these signs and wonders happen like crazy. And we go, God, why doesn't this happen in America? You know? And like, there were so many signs and wonders. Like I can't even begin to like count how many, like, you know how they're like, you know, Hey, wave, if you have any sort of like change, like I looked around and there was like, there were so many hands, like there was tens of thousands of people just like, and, you know, just like waving their hands. Like they had some, like, honestly too, like they, there was, they called out like all this stuff. And this one lady in front of me had like a neck issue. And so like, I hopped down a couple rows to go pray for her. And like, she got healed before I even like prayed for her. Like just the word of knowledge, as well as just the atmosphere that was there. Like she still let me pray for her and I kind of blessed her and like, just for the fullness of it. But she was just healed just in that atmosphere and someone would just get out of a wheelchair and just start walking and be like, oh, that's cool, and go back to worshiping. Like, it was crazy. And, and, and it was, God was showing me, like, that's what revival is. Revival isn't this thing like, oh, God, bring revival, send revival. And we always look like for, what is that going to look like? Is revival like some big, you know, string of meetings happens that lasts for three months? Is that revival? And to me, like, there's so many ways to define revival. But revival isn't like a thing to be achieved. Like, it's a man and it's Jesus and when Jesus comes, like revival is when heaven comes down to earth and, and God makes every wrong thing right. Like to me, that's what revival is. And so that includes like people being free of addictions and, and sicknesses being healed and people having joy and being free of depression. Like that's what revival is, is like heaven coming down and manifesting because in heaven, you know, it says in the book of Revelation, there's no weeping or sadness or pain or sickness. And so like when that comes down to earth, like to me, that's what revival is. And I was seeing, I was seeing that happen and just being in that atmosphere. So when he went back to when Bethel started leading, Amanda Cook, um, started singing her song, Mercy. You know, I've heard that song. I've played, you know, we've led that song here and different things. And I think what was crazy was I was getting around that reality of just God delights in showing mercy and like his mercy triumphs over judgment. And as we were all uniting all the people from the pastors from America and all the pastors from other countries that understand the significance that America has and bringing their peace. And it wasn't just, okay, we're praying for the North Korean church or we're praying for the Latino church. Like everybody was like uniting and praying for America and how so many people are like, God's going to judge America because of this. And like, we're just declaring in the atmosphere, like, no, like God's mercy. Like he doesn't just, okay, I'll give you mercy. Like he delights in showing his mercy and his mercy triumphs over judgment and as we lifted our voice and like declared that, I don't know, there was just like something powerful. And for me myself, as I was like fighting through just feeling awful, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be out here for like 15 hours and like, I'm not feeling super great, but I'm going to lift my voice because as long as there's breath in my lungs, like you're worthy of it, God. And like, you're getting, you're getting all of it. So that's what I had to. So I just kind of want to pray over you guys who like, maybe you weren't there or like, maybe you were here watching it. Like you were just a, as much a part of it as I was, but I just want to just kind of pray a brief like impartation over you guys. Um, 
So God, I thank you for um, what I received at Azusa now, Lord, and what you did and what you're doing. And I just impart over all my Blazing Fire family here, God, to just um, that same just grasp of looking at you, God, and whatever they need change in their life, God, or what they're crying out to you for. I thank you, Lord, that you delight in showing them mercy, God. And I pray, God, that you would just, everything I received there, God, just the strength and the passion and the renewed fervor and just the courage and just the belief, renewed belief of just seeing you just show up and be God. God, I just bless everyone here, God, to just see you in situations, God, that they maybe haven't seen you in before, God, and that um, just give them the faith, God, and the belief in you that's, that you are going to be who you are to them, God, and you're going to do what you have promised, God. And so I just thank you for that, God. Impart all the grace, all the passion, Lord, to them right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Daniel's part of that fiery generation coming up. Um, later on, I just thought of this just to give you a heads up. Is everybody who did go to Azusa now last week, I would love at the very end if you would come up and to be able to impart and release to others that just want. We could possibly do a fire tunnel. We could do that. Um, and But also, uh, early, later on, I, I think, I'm hoping we have time to do a few words of knowledge too. And I, I told these two and your team. So anyway, um, just because you just talked about words of knowledge and how it released healing instantly. So some of you, others of you might have words of knowledge as well. Um, anyone ready to jump up? I'm going to start calling on you then. Come on up. Oh, are you ready, Tim? Okay. All right. All right. So this is Rhonda. So there were so many things that impacted both my husband and I. Um, um, first of all, just like the different denominations from ages ago to now, the different people that came, like people that came from Korea and all these, there was like, they did prophetic acts for reconciliation. Like they, we got there late because freedom wasn't feeling well. Um, so we got there about that time and we wept for two hours because like they were like just reconciling. They were saying, we are for you. We're not against you. And it was it was just amazing. Like, um, I think there was a pastor from Italy, like Pope Francis or whatever, sent one of his people. I think that's what it was. Um, and anyways, he was he he was telling Lou Ingle, "We are with you together in this." And he was kissing Lou's feet. And then Lou Ingle did the same thing. We are together in this. We have to be together. And um, it was powerful. I'm getting goosebumps. But one thing that, a few things that impacted me kind of happened after when we were going home. <laughs> um, we took public transportation. And so um, when we got on an elevator um, to get to our next, I think we were going on the train, um, there's a pastor. Our, the, the elevator we were on was packed. And there was a pastor that just happened to like pop in and he turned around and he said, Hey, how's everybody tonight? Does anybody not know Jesus? <laughs> and I was like, wow, he's very bold. <laughs> and everyone was quiet. Nobody said anything, but there was a gentleman in the back and he said, Hey, but I'll receive a blessing. I was like, yes. And I thought, you know what? People out in the world they may not say that they love Jesus or have a relationship, but they will receive a blessing because they know how powerful it is. So I was like, okay, Lord. And then um, 
we got on the bus and we sat down and we were kind of in the back and I was looking and there was three young gentlemen sitting in front of us. They were all in black. Um, one of them that I saw had a bracelet, had skulls on it and he had like a really funky ring. And then I looked over and there was another young gentleman. He had on black and he had what are the, what are the, um, the pentagram? Is that what it's called? If you're in witchcraft. And I was like, wow. And I started sitting there. I'm like, okay, Lord, how can, how can I change these, these men's lives? And I thought, I, I couldn't get to him, obviously, because time was so short, but I was just trying to hone in on the Holy Spirit saying, okay, Lord, is there a word that you want me to give them? Because they obviously need hope. <laughs> they need something. Um, like I said, time was short, so, and they got off before us, so I never really got to do it. But I was talking with somebody today, and I think there was a greater passion imparted into me just to be able to hear God's voice for people. Because we know that one word from God can change somebody's life. Whether it's Jesus loves you or I see this path or whatever God would have. And so that's something, I, and I don't know where it came in. <laughs> but somebody said it today at the meeting. I feel like maybe you've, uh, somebody said, Maybe this impassion was ignited in you. And I thought, I bet that's where it came from. <laughs> but so those are the things that happen just to see people's lives change. It's time. And that shows love as well. You know, just taking the time. And my personality is not one that's like boisterous to get out and say, hey, you know, I'm a little bit more introverted. And so I was like, okay, Lord, you have to help me because... I don't know how to, if I get a word from God, if I see something, how do I go to this person? I don't know. <laughs> and say, you know, God wants me to tell you this. How do I do that? And I'm sure there are people who are like that, <laughs> that just need the courage. So I'll just pray and, and release what was given to me. And so, Father, I just release over my Blazing Fire family just the passion to be able to reach um Everybody out in the world, it's not necessarily like someone said before here in the church, but it's out there. Father, I released the ability, the courage, the, the, um, the passion, the, the boldness to be able to give words, to be able to show love, to be able to, um, hear from you, um, to give to other people's, to change lives. And Father, thank you that we can get past that fear, that we can get past that, that hindrance, um, just to be able to share what's on our heart, open our ears, open our minds, um, just to be able to receive. And Lord, when we're out and about and, and shopping or whatever, Lord, help us not to be so focused on um, our uh, our plans and what we're doing. Help us to really be just one with you, one with the Holy Spirit, to just um, be able to look around and, and to hear and um, just be able to touch a person. In Jesus' name, amen. And we're speaking a blessing over her husband, Paul, who's backpacking this weekend just to be away with Jesus. So, Lord Jesus, touch him deeply. Uh, Tammy, you want to come on up? Excuse me. Allergy tickle. Um, 
How I want to start first is just to really thank Daniel and Todd for worship tonight. I mean, I know what, because, you know, I know what it took for Daniel to be here being sick, and I don't know what Todd has been through this week to be up there, but I don't want you to feel like, oh, it was just me up here, you know, on, on piano or drums. God really ignited worship, you know, in my heart, and for you guys to be up there and and being that example and leading us, being that Levite into leading us in that heart of worship. Um, thank you. You know. Um, and with that is when, when we when we got there, thanks to my husband found this amazing back roads. We got there, we left our hotel, we parked, we were inside and sitting down all within an hour when there were people still in line waiting for two hours. We texted Frenny and we, we saw him out of all the people we saw. Friend was crossing the street and we text him like, yeah, we got in an hour ago. Aren't you in yet? He's like, no, I'm not in. So that was the favor of the Lord for us to get in there. But anyway, for us, it was just worship had started already. And at first when thinking before we got there, I'm like, we're going to be out in the rain. We're not, it's not covered. And I don't know about this, but you know what? Just standing up there, we were sitting up a little bit higher and just to, they were singing, holy is the lamb. And just to be singing that with everybody, so many people standing up and your arms lifted high, singing that. And just, there were clouds and just, it felt like really an open heaven that was there that you could like literally feel like God was just touching your fingertips and just reaching for you because it was just so open. That was just really powerful for me. And shortly after that, Lou Engle said, our first priority of the day should be giving our heart to the Lord in worship. That should be our first priority every day. And I went, wow, I, I don't do that. And so that just really triggered a, a different passion in my heart. And like Daniel was saying, just the worship throughout the whole day, just different songs that we would sing of, of being a house of prayer. And for me, it was just igniting that passion again to really pray, you know, and, and, um, the main speaker's name was Daniel Kalinda and he's a spiritual son of Reinhard Bonnke. And he was sharing, and I'm reading his book, it's, um, unlocking the mysteries of faith and prayer. And he says the thing in there of, of praying is we pray because we give God wants the glory for it. And that's why we pray. And that has really ignited my heart, just that prayer. And, and to be there and, and, and just worship the different bands. Like Daniel said, it was just different. It was just the, everybody standing up in, in the rain. And I noticed when certain things for me, when it rained, it was like the Native American when they prayed for that and the blowing of the 120 shofars and playing the drums. That was just so powerful. And it poured rain. And when they were done with that segment, the rain stopped. And then when there was another time when it was, they were asking for forgiveness, who do you need to forgive? And it poured again. Shortly after that, it stopped. And I counted, there were like six different things. I can't remember them all. I wrote them down. But those two things were really significant for me, was just um, like 
like Daniel had said, just the different cultures and denominations coming together, it really didn't matter. I mean, we were just all the body of Christ, and we were all just there in this open heaven worshiping the Lord. And, and the songs that we, one, another song that we sang was just, we just want to lift up the name of Jesus, and we sang it over and over and over again, that simple little phrase, just with your arms lifted and being a house of prayer and being on um, the fire of the altar. And in worship tonight, I was, I was thinking about that, going, Lord, I just, I just want to put my stuff on your fire of the altar, and you burn it and consume it. And when I come out of here, I want to come out smelling like you with that sweet fragrance of just burning on the altar those things that in my life aren't pleasing to you i want to leave them there and just be consumed with you knowing when i leave that that you're you're pleased with me and i smell like you i want people i want to have that fragrance of the lord wherever i go and um then as as the light, you know, it was getting darker, but there were still a lot of people there and we were worshiping and you could feel, you know, they talked about unity and everything too, as we're talking about here. You could, for me, I felt as people were leaving, it felt, I could really feel like it was going out there. Like, like it was people were leaving and how you're all there and it was really powerful. But as people were leaving, I felt it just really being dispersed out there. And you could just feel as as you were worshiping, you really felt like, you know, when you hear it's like it goes out into the atmosphere, it really was going out into the atmosphere. And um, that was just a really powerful for me. And we talk a lot about revival, and I think about it. For me, revival is in each one of us. You know, it's because Jesus is in us, so it's revival is in our hearts, and revival means to be awakened, to restore life, and sometimes, you know, where we feel like we've been dead in our walk or whatever, that being revival is, we're being restored, and to me, that's where revival begins in each one of us, so that, like we're talking about in love, we take that out and just be Jesus wherever we are, and so that's what impacted me so and I want to say that um Todd White when he was up there he was just really his was powerful and I want to just release this over you too it was just (laughs) it was just the boldness to be released over you to be fearless wherever you go and and this is just a way of life wherever we go and so I just I just release that boldness, that courage, that fearlessness in you just to not to be afraid, like Rhonda was saying, um, you know, what do I say to someone? You know what? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we can just go out there and just love people just right where they are. So I just release the, the fire of God over your life. I saw it earlier during worship, just when we were praying about that, I really saw fire coming down in here. And so I just, Whoa! I just release the fire of God over you and the heart of the Lord and tenderness and compassion of the Lord's heart just to consume you. So I just give you glory tonight, God, because you are so worthy of it. Amen. Uh, Is Gabe out there? Oh, yeah. Come on up, Gabe. So it's kind of hard to uh, come up with something different, but one thing I'm 
I'm seeing is a, a trend, and what it is is uh, being a witness. And that is one thing that I have come back with just a really strong desire to be a witness out in the workforce, wherever I am. It's just a really strong desire that wasn't quite there before. And it was something really, there were several moments uh, during the day where I, I feel like this was really released. And uh, Tammy mentioned uh, uh, Todd White. Um, I I thought that was really powerful where um, he kind of imparted what he does. If you guys know what he does, he kind of goes out and he's a uh, prophetic evangelist. And so um, one one thing that stood out to me was uh, we had this one moment when we were in prayer um, where there was a, like a dedication, like an invitation uh, from the Lord to send us, for us to be willing to be sent wherever he willed. And one thing was a prophetic act. So we were in the rain, so they asked us to take off our shoes in the rain and lift up our, our shoes to the sky and say, Lord, wherever you want to send me, send me, I'm willing. And so I went ahead and did that, and I just felt the Lord just kind of, the presence just come and... um I feel like that was something really impactful to a lot of people. Um, and like I said, just coming out of there, so many different times of just special moments in worship. Uh, the rain was really awesome because there was a lot of prayers going up, and right after the prayers, there'd just be a downpour. And just it was like a conversation going back and forth. It was really awesome. So I just want to release that to you guys just uh that desire to be a witness. I don't know if you guys really have that desire, but it wasn't really that much in me before. Uh, so I just released that over you in the name of Jesus. So everyone that's here, um, that you would have a desire to be a witness wherever you go, that you would, uh, God, that you would just ignite a passion uh, for each person here, to wherever they are, whether it's workforce, whether it's uh, just going out to the mall, whether they're hanging out with friends, that don't know you, that they would be a witness, God, that you would just give them the words, give them the passion, give them uh, everything that they need. In Jesus' name. All right, how about Marsha? Yeah, this would be a good spot, right? Can we can we show some yeah let's show some pictures okay this is kind of a this is this is kind of an overview of of what it looked like where I was in the stand well first of all I want to say thank you Brant for posting that convergence um, um, blurb you know from Johnny Enlow because for weeks I've been seeing convergence everywhere you know I'd take a, a hike and like I'd look at two creeks coming together and the Lord would say convergence it's like Okay, I mean, like for weeks that went on. I, I went to Death Valley with my sister, who's a geologist, and I and I would like, I was walking along this one place, and I I just stopped and stared at this this landform, and she says that's called a convergence. It's like I knew it. 
You know, it was like everywhere. And and my family is in Los Angeles, okay? So I and I grew up down there and I escaped when I was eighteen. <laughs> and and I always hated going back because you know, I dropped down over the to happen to hatch peas and down into the valley and like this this mantle of like I'm back, ick. <laughs> you know, okay, take a deep breath, you're gonna survive this. You know? <laughs> and and you know, I've always like kind of like, okay, I've got to go back to LA. And so I went really late on Friday night, and I was really tired, so I was certainly not feeling spiritual. I was just trying to stay awake. Dropped down into the basin, and it was, the whole basin was full of glory. And I, and I felt it, I go, and all of a sudden I was like, what? <laughs> Something has happened to this basin. It is different. It is different, you know. And, and I felt it. It's like, oh, my gosh, you know. And I knew, I knew that the, the Bethel people and all of these people had been there for the previous week. You know, I'd been watching the feeds, you know, of every, all this amazing stuff that was happening. And I was in contact with some of them, you know. They were sleeping on floors an hour away, you know, because I was looking for a place to say that. So, well, there's no more space on the floor, you know. You're out of luck, you know. So, you know, these people had been, like, sewing into this basin, and you could feel feel it. It was completely different. And, and I knew that there would be like no princess parking anywhere. <laughs> and they were opening the parking garages at 3.30. And if I had any hope of getting a parking space, I'd better be there like super early. So I got there at 4.30 in the morning. And already, already the lines, and these were not like single people line. This was like masses, big chunk, huge fat lines, were snaking all the way around the building. I mean, the Coliseum, it was huge. It took me three hours from where I got there at 4.30 in the morning. It took me three hours to get inside. And I was supposed to be in the usher line and the volunteer line. It was that many people. And, and you couldn't get down onto the field unless you had a wristband. And the only way you could get a wristband was apparently, I, I asked, how do you get a wristband? And they said, well, that was like weeks ago. You, you, it, it showed up on social media for just a really brief time, and then they all sold out. Every, everything else, you know, you got in for free, but you had to pay for the wristband. So, okay, so we have, that was the thing that, now, now we can show some pictures. So this is what it looked like, and this is a shot at night, okay, uh, kind of an overview. This was a shot at night. You guys probably didn't get to see this on the live feed. It was amazing. Yeah, it, it was so gorgeous. Okay, and the next one, okay, this is, this is, it was so moving, you know, all these people dedicating their hearts, you know, and saying, I will go, I will go. And then the next one, like this lady, okay, she, I, I got to pray for her, mostly because, well, I got to hang out with the Bethel people, which was really fun, and and when they called out for like, back pain and stuff like that, I, I went over to my Bethel friend and said, you know, let's go do it. And she says, no, that one's yours. I got, I'm doing this one. So it's like, okay, that, okay. It's like, all right. So I prayed for it. So she gets instantly healed. And, <laughs> and she was so happy. But think about it. I mean, this lady had been sitting there for 10 hours in probably excruciating pain before she got her breakthrough. Okay. I mean, she must have been because she, I mean, she was like, incredibly happy okay next one all right and this is this is the shot over my friend's head 
of this is the thing that really impacted me the most, actually, is looking down. I couldn't get down there because I didn't have the wristband because I wasn't like the young in crowd, you know, that got the text message, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> on where you get the wristband. Okay, but if you look up there at the masses of people that were on the field that stood for 15, they paid for the privilege of standing in the rain for 15 and a half hours. They didn't even go to the freaking bathroom. <laughs> they never moved. I only saw them sit down once and that's when they were commanded to by one of the speakers. It's like, okay, I want that passion. I want, I want what they have. I want what the guy in front of me who was on the ministry team said, you know, it's like, well, you know, he came back from yet another person pulling him out of the wheelchair, you know, and he said, I lost, lost count at 20. Wow. It's like, I want that, you know, but the thing is, it's going to cost me something. It's going to cost me convenience. You know, I, I saw, I saw on the, the, the feed, um, that, that there was somebody who was in the choir said, well, you know, it's 10 years ago when Billy Graham was here, you know, I was in the choir and it rained everywhere, but there wasn't a single drop in the stadium. So I thought, cool, we've got 70,000 people who know how to command the rain and it's not going to rain. <laughs> so darn good thing I stopped at the Walmart and picked up a poncho just to be sure. <laughs> on the way down. And I was thinking the whole time, it's like, God, why is it raining? We've got all these powerful people. And then I, I got my answer at the end of the evening when um, Daniel, who I can't, you know, said, it's never really happened in America where people will stand in the rain for hours to get this. You know? And, and look at the 40,000 people who were signed up who didn't come because it was going to sprinkle on them. Come on, guys. You know? It's, it's like, do we want something that's not going to cost us anything? Do we really want revival if it's going to be inconvenient? You know, I was so inspired by these people who never sat down the entire time, except for maybe like a few seconds when they were commanded to, and then they, as soon as the worship starts, they're on their feet again. You know, I want that. And I came back feeling like a lot of stuff that was important to me doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter anymore. I just want that. I want him. I want to see this happen here at all costs. Who wants it? Put your hands out. <laughs> Papa God, give us that passion. Give us that passion where it doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. All we want is you. We don't care if we're inconvenienced. We don't care if it costs us something. We just want you. Give us that passion, Lord. Let it fall on us. Let us do what we can't do. We want you, God. We just release that passion over this place right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Thank you. Uh, can you turn this off? Yes, no?
at 10.30, when everybody else left, all the Bethel people started picking up trash. One more, Domelie. Um, there was a lot of things, different layers of things that, that happened, and a lot of it was mentioned, so I'm so glad. Um, so what I'll share is a little bit on, on the more personal side. Um, before, I, I think when I got back from um, the mission trip from Cambodia, I think I just kind of went down, down, downward spiral, and I was, and um, I found myself in this pit, um, really ugly, and I was just ready to give up on everything, and it was just really difficult and dark and ugly, and so. I felt, though, in the midst of that and um, this, like, Azusa now, I think I'm supposed to go. And um, then things started falling into place. I found the $5 bus trip down there that I couldn't refuse. And um, I knew I had a place to stay. My best friend lives down there. And... Um, so I just kind of went, and I, even though I was in this fog, and I think even when I got there, I almost would have missed it. But I had these um, these friends that I hadn't even known for very long. They insisted on picking me up, and I was like, "No, I'll just meet y'all there." But they insisted on picking me up, and so they um, picked me up the night before, made me spend the night with them, and then um, we went in the morning. And I have to say, when I, as soon as I set foot in there, it was like I stepped into a different realm. And all of the stuff that was plaguing me, because it, it, it just felt like for weeks and weeks, the enemy was just ready, ready to take me out. And I was ready to just give up and let him. And so all of that was um, just gone. And I could just feel God's presence um, so strong. And it was so exciting. So it's almost like, well, it was a, like a personal revival because I feel like I was revived. And um, so there were so many amazing things that were going on um, at the same time just impacting me like I something that wasn't really mentioned was the multicultural eclectic worship now I'm into that and <laughs> singing in different languages and it was that was just my heart and so more and more and more I was just um, filled with more hope and just not just for me in my own life but just seeing everybody coming together and being in unity. Um, a cool thing that happened, one of the girls I was with, um, she's a fashion designer, and she um, went into Target the night before, and they were just out of ponchos. There was no ponchos. And 
And I mentioned that she's a fashion designer because she was like, okay, well, I'll just buy some clear shower curtains and get some Target bags. She cut a hole in the shower curtains and took some Target bags and connected them. And then there we had ponchos. (laughs) Really creative. And so there was four of us girls wearing these Target bag ponchos. <laughs> and um, I actually, that actually ministered to me. I felt so special, really. <laughs> and, um, what, and God ended up using that because there was a man who came down from behind us and he's like, I wasn't going to say anything, but I just had to. Because all I could see are these four bullseyes <laughs> from down below. And I felt like God wanted me to speak to you and let you know that he has you guys targeted. <laughs> and God never misses a bullseye. <laughs> and you're coming into a season where he's just going to keep targeting you over and over again, you know, with his love. And it just so ministered to me. Oh my goodness. I was like, target bags, ponchos. (laughs) And he said a lot of other uh, meaningful things that just, it was just really um, deep and it really meant something. It was like, God knew the cry of my heart and what I needed to hear. And it just ignited me even more. And so, um, so I, I think that's the thing that I would want to release is for anyone feeling like they're kind of, um, hopeless and isolated and just funky and you need to be revived, um, that, you <laughs> you would be revived in Jesus name that you would be fi- filled with his hope you would have purpose again your eyes would be opened and enlightened to what he has for you and what you wanted what he wants to do through you <sighs> you have something to contribute you have something to live for be revived in Jesus name everyone in this room You are powerful. Be empowered in Jesus' name. And I just bless the synergy among us. And I just pray that it would increase. And that we would all continue to be targeted by God's love. Continually. And our hearts would be open to receive more and more in Jesus' name.